Hi, and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mackey, and joining me as always is Molly Kurt. Hello. And the great Alexander. Hello. So, what has it been? It's been a week. Actually been a week. We're actually recording the same day as we did last week. Um, you guys get much done this week? Great. Well, I uh, I actually I tried to get lots done. I even took a day off work to try and get things done, and I can't remember anything that I really got done. Um, I I did a lot of work around the house to get it ready for the like because it eventually actually snowed. Um, so I like did a lot of cleaning of the shop because I'm going to be taking it from the summer setup into the winter setup where uh, my wife can park the car inside. Um, but I really like, I look around and I, I've been working on my like downstairs bench, but it didn't really progress very much. It's just putting on like 15 coats of finish, which just takes like forever. Um, and, uh, my fools with tools, treasure trade, they, uh, the person got it and posted a picture on Instagram. So I can tell Ooh. the world that it was a Star Trek communicator badge inside of a shadow box. And you can mm-hmm. actually, yeah, yeah, that's exactly the same show. And, uh, <laughs> and it's a wearable badge, which is kind of cool. Or it can just be like a fridge magnet or whatever you want to do with it. But uh, he, he really enjoyed it, so that's really good, and that made me feel good. And I, you know, I'm excited to uh, to get my present in the mail one day. Yeah, me too. Cool. Um, that's awesome. Well, this week I put out the video on making the leather bullet journal cover. Um, so that was a lot of fun. It was a really satisfying project because it was this nice like thick, beautiful notebook um, versus the kind of notebook covers I made in the past, which are for those much thinner paperback uh, moleskin notebooks. Um, Got an absolutely lovely email back from the guy I made it for, Martin, over in Switzerland. Um, Just a fantastic person to work with. He actually designed um, the, the layout with the wave and the Norwegian quote, which is from Pierre Gint by, uh, Henrik Ibsen, I believe. Um, yeah, just absolute pleasure to work with super, super nice guy. Um, so that was just a kind of great experience altogether. I like that it was a natural finish. Yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. too. And like, I told him, um, please send me pictures in a year because it's so cool. Like with the veg tan leather, leaving it undyed like that, it changes color so much. Um, I'm going to, I'm working on a patch right now. And when I finish it, I'm going to take a picture of it next to the penny patch that I made for Eden's backpack, because that patch has already darkened so much in like five, yeah, like four or five months. Hmm. I don't know. It's been since quarantine. So like, what has time been since we've been quarantined? (laughs) So it's really like, is it a day or was it a year? We don't know. (laughs) Right. I just remember do everything as fast as possible because a week feels like a month and a month feels (laughs) like a week. Right. But an hour feels like a day sometimes. Like, I don't know. Time is weird. (laughs) Uh, On on that project, um, I know it's something that you kind of put out in your little like uh, mini pod thing. Um, 
So if you don't want me asking questions that I know the answers to, because I listen no, to the mini, the Patreon exclusive, morally curt Patreon exclusive uh, mini pod. But um, where was it going with this? Oh, Skiving? the stop. Spines? No, stop. Oh, the hand. Yeah. The hand. I totally thought it was a stop as well. Yeah, yeah. So okay, it's, so it's like, yeah, your hand symbol is like a kind of like, it can be a high five or it could be a stop. It's like a stop and look at me. Right. So a little bit of background. Um, I talked on the little behind the scenes mini podcast about I've been slowly like inserting the outline of my, my hand from my logo into my leather work as sort of like my maker's mark. Cause I like it. It's kind of like mm. minimalist. It works well. Um, so I asked Martin, I was like, could we put it on the back? If not, no worries at all. Just wanted to check with him before I did it. And he said, as Grant alluded to, um, to him, he didn't want it because to him, number one, it took away from the quote, which he really wanted to be central. It was like really special to his wife, which this was a gift for. Um, and he also saw it as like someone saying stop. And I thought that was really interesting because I had never thought of that before. It's I just like, thought it was a hand. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did too. Like I didn't, I have many associations with it. And for me, I think it's cause I'm so like intimately involved with it. I think it's sometimes easy to lose perspective of your yeah. designs when you're like, so in it and up close with it. Um, but that was kind of good. So to know. I'm curious to know, how come you always only etch the first three letters of my name? M a K. It wouldn't be M a C. Well, no M- maker. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know. Just to, just to mess with you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing with the, like all your leather work, I, I'm pretty sure I've probably brought it up before, but I th- I find it so cool that you can just 3D print, like not just the stamping, but um, if anyone noticed that you have 3D printed a guide to cut the corners. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, making it's just tools. so cool that, yeah, like making tools and that with it is, I think, just such a cool idea. It's really, really useful. Um, and if it's probably work that honestly would be better suited to like a laser cutter, like laser cut acrylic templates for leatherworking are super, super common, but, um, you can do the same thing with a 3d printer. It's all digital fabrication and you can make exact dimensions with hard stops. So yeah, it is super handy. I, I could tell you right now that if I had, if I was in your apartment, in your shop, had all your tools and printer and everything. I can make a hundred of those covers and I would have never thought of cutting a template, making a template. (laughs) You probably would if you had to deal with like (laughs) trying to align a ruler perfectly on top of a paper template and not cutting the template itself. Because basically like you lay the paper on top of the leather, which wants to curl up and the leather wants to curl up. And then you lay the ruler on top of that and you, you edge the ruler up against it until you can't see the paper anymore. So you have zero margin for error. Mm. Either you're right on or you've overshot. So using yeah. the the 3D printed template as like a positive stop is just like massively easier. It's such so, a better experience. If I were doing this, and one day I will, I did buy the leather or making tools and stuff and leather, I would make it out of plywood. There you go. It works too. Right. Like, totally. Like it's, But it's just like you make it out of what you have available to you. And yeah. since I have a, a bandsaw and a bunch of plywood, oh, I'd make a template out of plywood. And you're like, I have a 3D printer and a bunch of PLA on a roll. I'll make it out of plastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's kind of True. interesting because like you think about like 
the market of leather workers. And I don't think most uh, leather workers who are producing lots of stuff also have an equipped wood shop. So I think for them, using a laser cutter, which is much smaller than like table saw, circular saw, drill press, whatever else, like for them, a lot of them, that would be easier than doing wood templates. That's why you see in general more acrylic templates than wood templates. But for someone like Jimmy DiResta, um, maybe bad example because he also has a laser cutter. But um, <laughs> he and a plasma cutter. Eight, he could make yeah, them out of metal if he wanted. <laughs> he can make <laughs> eight-inch steel templates, plasma yeah. cut. So I think if they you do. Had a laser cutter? Would you not just use it to cut the leather? Um, it smells no. really bad. For one, oh, okay, and um, it also it burns the edges the and stuff. Yeah, sure. The uh, the reason I think they use acrylic instead of plywood is because you can see through the acrylic. True. Yeah. Then you can really see if you're lining up like the leather grain and stuff the way you wanted. Can you get cl- can you get clear P- PLA? Um, yeah, but it's like more translucent than clear. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't used that yet. Anyways, um, other stuff I've been working on this week. I finished up a commissioned camera strap for a friend or a friend down in the States. Um, So I made a video on that, which I'm really happy that I did that because I made a camera strap like this summer, which I didn't make a video on, learned a lot from that. So was like very confident in going into this project and really happy with how that's progressed. So that should be coming out within uh, the next week or so. And then today, the day we are recording, not the day you're listening, dear listener, um, Vincent and Ethan over at the Because We Make podcast released their newest challenge, the hashtag BWM Unwrap Challenge, which is to make a toy or game by December 20th. Sponsored by Durex. (laughs) <laughs> no comment um they had like commercials with unwrap or something oh gosh gotcha. that was like their anyways and then some of the, the 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 lines the the words that you can use in the unwrap challenge i haven't listened to the episode yet because it just came out today but uh yeah 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 so Maybe you have to you have to integrate my son. two words from a list of uh six randomly generated words which are very wide ranging. Um, but I got an idea that I am incredibly excited about. It is going to be challenging as a challenge, uh, tends to be. Um, and i really hope I can make it to the level that I want, but I won't say anything more about it now other than I am freaking pumped about it. Pumped. Oh, pumped on that. <laughs> Adam, what have you been up to this week? Well, I haven't been in the shop at all this week, but I have, um, I have to build a, a little like bench seat for kids for um, our photographer. And um, so I've just been designing that in Fusion 360 and I would just want to punch my computer every second I use it. Because <laughs> you don't like Fusion 360? It's less of that I don't like it and more of I don't know like the way to use it as much. Um, like things just seem so much more complicated than they should be. Hmm. But, I don't know. I, I think it's the same with it, when I first started losing using SketchUp. I felt the same way because I'd got, come from AutoCAD and then I was using SketchUp yeah. and I was like, none of this makes any sense to me. But eventually, like you, if you take like one or two, excuse me, one or two YouTube videos and watch them, 
and they teach you like these the the super basics of it, then I think it all starts to make sense. Yeah. So Adam, well, I, I think I take I think it from the, the biggest thing is the, uh, the fusion tutorial. Video tutorials? No. Okay. You really should. No. It does help a lot. I know. I just don't want to pay for it. You don't have to. Kevin Kennedy. It's free on YouTube. Oh, yes, yeah, right. Learn Fusion 360 in 30, 30 days. Yeah. Very useful. Um, what did I say? Oh, yeah, I think because I came from SketchUp, that's where I'm having issues. Like Things I can do in SketchUp, I'm just like, why can't I do this in Fusion? Why do they have to make this? Like it's I don't know. It's just a big adjustment. But yeah, hmm. so that's pretty much all I've done. Nice. See now, after yeah. using having used SketchUp for a while, sorry, Fusion for a while, now I just want um, timeline based undo power in all the software I use. I'm like, why should I lose yeah. my um, history of everything I've done when I exit the program and reopen it? I want to have access to all of it all the time. Yeah, that is nice to be able to undo something from five steps ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and especially sure. if you close the program and then reopen it. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Oh, it does have that, doesn't it? I don't know, because um, I use I don't use Photoshop. I use a program called Paint.net, and it has that. But I don't know if it saves the saves it if you close it and open it. No, I, Paint.net doesn't. Like if you make a if you make a change, when you reopen the file, you have no history. It just starts from like open the file. <sighs> Did, it, yeah, it didn't even occur to me with Fusion that it saves the. Like I, I just leave all my programs open until I'm done with them. <laughs> this is why your computer runs so slow. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually do that. That's a joke. <laughs> all right. Well, um, we do have a topic for this week. We're going to talk about guilt mm-hmm. with um, be, like building, being away from our families to build and... Um, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it kind of wants to kick us off. It kind of started with the conversation we had last week, where we were talking uh, about getting into a clamping state of mind. As anyone who has seen the cover art uh, would have noticed, but uh, or read the title of the episode. But we were talking <laughs> about it, going, uh, you know, oftentimes when you're doing something. Uh, you feel guilty that you're not doing something else. So, Mm. for example, when I am out in the shop working and it's not past 9 o'clock, then I feel guilty that I'm not hanging out with my son uh, or my family. Not just my son. Sometimes I like to see my wife, too. Uh, (laughs) She's the one who listens to the podcast. I was going to say she listens to the podcast. It should really be like I'd like to see my wife and sometimes I'd like to see my son too. But uh, anyways, all that to say is I feel bad when I'm doing that. But then when I'm I'm out playing with them, I just go like, well, what am I doing here? Like especially if my son is like playing by himself and he doesn't need any – like he doesn't want anyone to play with him or he only wants my yeah. wife because that happens often that we'll both be at the park. And then he's like, mommy, do this. And it's like, okay, I'm here too. And he's like, no daddy. And I'm like, okay, so what am I even doing here? Like (laughs) I could be doing, being productive somewhere else. So it's like, uh, it doesn't matter what I seem to do. I feel guilty that I'm not doing the other thing. Hmm. Right. I mean, part of that I would think is, is from you. You always want to like optimize things. So 
if you don't feel like I'm, I, I would think that if you don't feel like a situation is optimal, then your brain goes to, well, there's something else I should be doing. Yes, totally. Yeah. Like if I could figure out ways to do two things at once, then I want to do two things at once. That's exactly mm-hmm. like if I could somehow bring like my laptop to the park and be a productive. The problem is you can't do two things at once. So you can really only do either the thing that you want to do or the thing you feel guilty you're not doing. You know, laptops are portable, right? Right, but it can't be. I'm not a good dad at the park with a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like even when I'm sometimes like I'll get a text message and I'm responding to it. I feel like a jerk mm-hmm. because I spent five seconds not paying attention to my son who didn't want me to pay attention to him. So, you know, it's like. A, so what? While we're still talking about like the children and stuff before we get away from that, um, I've been having a lot of guilt lately with that in the sense that I go to the gym every day I, and the timing for my gym just lines up to when like it's time to have dinner and bed and bath and everything and my wife's stuck doing it all and then I feel guilty because I'm at the gym but then I need to go because if I don't go, I won't go. Mm-hmm. And um, so my son does um, swimming lessons on a Monday and I, and I always said, oh, I don't have time to go there before I go to the gym. But I do have like a, I have like a five-minute window between the two like to get there. Um, like I, I get there like five minutes early to the mm-hmm. gym. So like I've started taking him to swimming and like seeing his progress of how far he has come since the last time I saw him at swimming lessons like really broke my heart and made me feel so guilty for mm-hmm. not going and, and all that sort of stuff and – yeah, it's, it's it's such a crazy thing. Like, not even just about making. Like, I feel guilty when I'm when I'm in the shop, but, but I make excuses of oh, I need to get stuff done, and um, you know, sort of try and make myself okay with it. But and I think the amount of time that I waste is astronomical. Like, I'm not even talking yeah. like like I just waste so much time in my life. And then when I'm doing something, I feel guilty that I'm not doing the other thing I could have been doing for the hour. I wasted watching YouTube videos on the couch. But do you feel guilty while you are in your words, wasting time? Yeah, but it's so easy to do it. But it sounds like, it sounds like you feel guiltier when you're doing something productive where you feel like you should be doing something else. It doesn't sound like that guilt is as strong when you are doing something mindless. And that's because I'm doing something mindless. So I'm like not thinking. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing something engaging, I'm thinking. So my mind is active saying, Hey, 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 get to work. So what, what I'm kind of getting at is maybe, maybe a solution is, is just about like intentionality and that if you spend more time in general intentionally spending your time, then you'll feel less guilty in the aggregate because you know that like you're spending time on the things you want to be doing and that you kind of, you kind of have more time overall. I a hundred percent agree. Can you please come make my brain do that? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like when I, I think the big problem is I go through these like phases of super productivity and unproductivity. Right. So I'll go like a week or two and I'm super productive and I'm getting tons done and I feel great. And then it's like you just get to this point where you're just like, oh, well, I I did so much. Let me take like a break, take a day off. And then 
then you go through this like phase of doing nothing for a week. As I say, next thing you know, it's a week later. Yeah. Right. And then you go like, oh, <laughs> hey, we're, we're doing another episode of the podcast and I haven't done anything. Well, let me figure <laughs> out something to talk about. Um, right. So I feel like – but I felt like I've been in this unproductive state for a longer than I was in the productive state. Um, yeah. So, like, what are your ways of kind of dealing with other than like you said that was a great tip. Try and be intentional with your time, and when I snap myself out of the guilt and 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 just kind of think, okay, I'm doing this now. I'll do other things later. I can get through it, and, and I can make sense of it. Uh, well, you got any other tips, Morley, Mister Productivity? <laughs> <laughs> Well, as the uh, as the childless one here, living in sin. Um, <laughs> but like, um, children are only one of the things that I feel guilty about. So, yeah, but I I, I just feel like I can't even like compare my life to yours because I like I don't know what it's like having a kid. But you know, like I think it's easy to get really overwhelmed with all of the things in your life that you have to do, and if you look at it from a bird's eye view, it feels like anything you do is time spent not doing those other things. And that's where the guilt can come from. So I've, I think I found some, some, some success in really trying to like focus on one thing and commit to doing that for like a certain amount of time or, or more kind of literally in the morning, like while I'm having breakfast, kind of setting a goal for like three things I'll do that day so that I can feel that like I'm giving myself permission to do those things. And if I don't get anything else done, then that's fine. And if I make only some progress on those things, then that's also fine. If I don't finish those things. Hmm. Um, but I mean, in terms of like guilt and spending time with people, one thing that I really struggle with is that I feel very productive in the morning. However, Eden's work schedule right now is such that she works in the afternoons and evenings. So most of our time together is in the mornings. So that's really hard. And then it's a bit of a, um, there's a bit of pressure off me because she also is productive in the morning uh, working on um, like her extra schooling that she's doing. Um, But still, I mean, it's like, it is time that we could be spending together that we are not. So that's, that's always like tough to deal with. And, it's yeah, nice though that you you guys are in such a small space that even if you're being productive separately, you're not that far apart. Right. Not for long. Yeah. Well, once you're going to get a two bedroom. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I I can be on a separate floor from. I can be two floors away from my family, and I'll never yeah. even hear them. Right. Or I go in the garage and it's like uh, if the power tools are running, you don't go in the garage, right? Because you don't want to scare me into cutting my fingers off. Right. So it's like sure. I can be a way where I feel like you can be productive next to your wife, which at least you're – or not your, your girlfriend. Uh, at least you're – you're, Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, whatever. Your partner. Uh, next to your common law. <laughs> next to your common law. Uh, that's a wonderful way of putting it. So at least so you're amazing. like – so there's I think less guilt than if you were in the mornings like running off to some shop that you had rented. Right. For sure. And But I also mm. only have my own – experience to compare to so to me like 
editing on my computer while we could be eating breakfast together and having a conversation like mm-hmm. does have guilt associated with it. Totally. For sure. I'm not trying to minimize. I'm just saying how, like how I feel like I wish that I often wish that my wife was into what I was doing or at mm-hmm. least we could mm-hmm. do things at the same place. Uh, like if, if she like, if, if I was in like when I used to make model cars, I could do that while watching TV with her. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was something that we could do together, but not actually be doing the same thing. I think finding those things to do together is like super important and a great way to minimize the guilt of not spending time together. Because then when you are spending time together, you're like very, very engaged. Um, in terms of like cooking together or like for us, like reading Harry Potter together. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that's a great way to minimize the guilt is trying to find something that you can do together. Yeah. I think, um, Oh, wow. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. I think with um, like the making and all that sort of stuff is it takes so much time and like you have to be in a dedicated spot for it like you just said like with the model cars you could just sit and watch tv and make a model car but like with woodworking you need to be in a shop that's completely separated that you can keep everyone away from the running power tools and and all that sort of stuff so you you are closing yourself away which i think makes it a lot more of a guilt trip if that makes sense totally um yeah but even if we take it away from being away from people and, the, and that sort of stuff. I today was at work. I had an eight-hour shift where I just sat around in case they needed me. I spent the whole time playing Fortnite and watching YouTube instead of editing a video. So now I feel guilty because I didn't get my video edited. Right. right. I wanted to have this Star Trek communicator badge out, like ready to go for when he the person revealed it, right? So then I could get yeah. that like little bit of momentum from him sharing it he could go, and here's the video, right? And I'd be like, yeah, we're all like, kind of like what Morley did, uh, you know. But I wait, what did I do? <laughs> well, when you you released the the uh, the Alexander, oh, the po. video when she got it, yeah, right, she got it. So then there was that little bit of like, right now that he's gotten it, and now I'm like, ah, he already got it, so I've lost that. Like I feel like guilty that I didn't do it fast enough, and now mm-hmm. I feel like, wow, I'm not gonna. Now it's like the pressure is off, so I'm no longer like forced to do it. Like Canada Post told me that it was going to take like way longer for it to get there, yeah, just like they did that. for you, right? And then I went, and then he got it, and I was like, "What? You already got it? Oh no!" Right? I was like, <laughs> "So, anyways, it's good because now he's he's provided me with some video of him unboxing it that I'm going to include at the end of the video, which is great." But uh, it's. It, like I feel I, I make my like I give myself unreasonable deadlines and then feel guilty when I don't make them. So I think that's a good um, a good segue to there. Guilt can be useful because it can help you like realign your priorities. But guilt can also be like a really terrible thing if it's misplaced so i think in that situation like you have no reason for feeling guilty because the only thing you didn't deliver on is like your own internal deadline that could it it, it probably would have helped with momentum but no one got hurt in the process no one was adversely affected 
Um, it's all good in the end. So, and, and honestly, like maybe him getting it and then you making the video, then the video will have a different sort of effect and will, and by using it, he'll be excited to watch it. And in in the end of the day, it might be a wash, you know? So all that to say is a hundred percent a wash. A hundred percent. You're a hundred percent right. There was no, it was self-imposed and it wouldn't make any difference. Like that momentum I'm talking about is made up momentum. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, if it's internal momentum, then even if it's made up, it's still useful. Right. But where I was going with it is just the fact that like I felt guilty about things before and that feeling of guilt was hindering me. Like, feeling like I should be at a certain place in my life, but I'm not, or I should be doing something and I'm not. And those things can be entirely um, societally imposed. Like you feel like you should be doing something, but that thing may not be aligned with you personally. Mm -hmm. So I think identifying those things and deciding like, oh, actually, like I don't need to care about that is fantastic. Like for example, like, I've never, I've, this is a stupid example, but it's just the first thing that popped into my head. Like I've never really been into like clothing, um, like buying nice clothing or, or whatever else. And I like, I go to visit some of my friends who are like really into clothing and there's always, there's just, sometimes there's a small part of me. It's like, Oh, should I like dress better? Should I get some nicer clothing? But like, no, I don't need to spend my money on that, on something that like is for outwards, um, acceptance or that won't even really matter in the end because it's not going to affect how I feel or think. So mm-hmm. trying to identify those things that you're feeling guilty about, but don't actually matter, I think is like really, really important. Well, and I, I don't know if it's don't matter or that are externally imposed because right. there's things that you could find that are externally imposed that you can feel guilty about or feel like this emotional reaction to that should like that you don't need to worry about. So like, for example, when I was like 25, I was worried, like I wasn't in a committed long-term relationship and I was worried like that I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm never going to have kids or like I, I had this like weird, like societal pressure about, how old I needed to be when I had my first kid. And I said, if I have, if, if I get beyond that point, I think I might be too old and I don't want to have kids. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I had all these guilty feelings about not being in a relationship at 25 that turned out to not matter because later I met Abby when I was 26. Right. Like, so, <laughs> but it's like, so it, yeah, like, it wasn't too bad having a kid at 46. Was it? <laughs> So uh, yeah, I wish, uh, but like there's those, those, those things. So that's an external thing that was placed on me. Right. So I should try and like worry about the guilty, at least if I'm going to worry about any guilty feelings, they should at least be ones coming from myself and not from external factors. Yeah. Like you're talking about, mm-hmm. like, you know, society is going to frown upon you if you have a kid too late. Well, they're probably yeah. not. They're probably not even going to notice. Because I still get ID'd to this day, so. <laughs> <laughs> I always think, I mean, having kids later, assuming, wow, this is, I don't even know if this tangent is worth going down. All I'm going to say is, I feel like having kids later is is pretty good thing to do. I feel like in the in the overall balance, um, you get more positive than negative. But we don't, we don't have to dive down that road. Yeah. 
totally. Yeah. The, la- the later you have the kid, the later in your life they leave. Right. <laughs> All right. So there's like there's positives <laughs> and negatives about everything. So that's not what our topic is. Hey, listeners, if you'd like to hear us talk about whether or not to have kids at a young age or an old age, write us at the Clampcast on Instagram, and uh, Adam will receive those and potentially tell us. <laughs> but I think when we talk about kind of guilty feelings, and not it doesn't even have to be guilty feelings. It can be like, because like all of a sudden you start doing something that you're like, I'm really enjoying this. Have you ever had the like feeling like, and now I feel bad that I'm enjoying this and I'm by myself? Oh, interesting. Like you don't have someone to share it with. You don't have someone to share it with. That's a, yeah. Or like hundred percent. Yeah. Just, you're just like, I wish this was, this would be better with someone else or yeah. Like, I guess you don't have someone to share it with. I feel like that with, um, I feel like that with a lot of things, probably less of someone to share it with and more of, like you said before, that my wife was into the things that I'm into um, because we would have those things to share. Like, So, like, I feel guilty, you know, going to the gym. My wife's not interested. She's not interested. Like, I'm always talking about YouTube and, you know, watching someone on YouTube and all that sort of stuff, and, like, she gets so over it. But then I get so excited when I find a movie or a TV show that we both like and that something we can do together hmm. and have that, that um, time together. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's also common to feel guilty when you or maybe not guilt's not the right word, but when you really enjoy something and then you think about like, oh, like I shouldn't be enjoying this thing or other people don't enjoy this thing as much as I would. Like uh-huh. I felt like that before and, and having these moments in my life where like, oh, I'm like, I'm like really happy where I'm at right now, even though this is sort of like an unconventional situation that like some other people may not like. And then you kind of, it's kind of like what I was talking about before with like these externally imposed norms and trying to get rid of those because like at that point, like there's no reason to feel guilty just because you are enjoying that thing. But I totally agree in that. Like so many experiences are so much better when you are sharing it with someone else. I thought about with that, with like theme parks before, like how boring it would be to go to a theme park by yourself. Oh, no, right. Or like the movies by yourself. No, I like going to the movies by myself. <laughs> I, I like to watch movies by myself. I would like yeah. to go to a theater and not have anyone around me because there, every, every time I've gone to the theater, there's been a, some sort of jerk behind me playing on a phone well, or now's kicking. the time to go. No, it's not because they're not open. Um, oh, as are. Yeah, but you can only you can only book every second seat, so no one can sit near you. Nice. Yeah, but you know, like, there's other things like beyond guilt. We can we can talk about like regret as well, which is like another kind of thing. Is there any kind of ways? that you guys try and get around mm. feeling regretful after something. I think, um, yeah, some, someone told me something recently. It was actually, um, the girls we had on like the second or third episode of into the spotlight, Sandra and, um, Stacy. Um, I was talking about exactly that, about feeling kind of reg- about that engineering job I was in and how I was trying not to regret it. Um, because if I hadn't had that experience, 
I wouldn't have then realized that that experience was not right for me. And the kind of the conclusion we came to is the fact that every experience is valuable, even if it's a bad experience, because you learn something from it. So I think that is one of the best ways of minimizing regret is keeping the perspective of, well, at least I learned something from this and trying to track those lessons learned. Hmm. Because life is a journey. Like not all experiences will be good, but you can take something out of like any experience. Yeah, for sure. And expanding on that, if you didn't do the thing that you feel regretful of, you probably wouldn't be where you are now. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, like I've done things in the past. I, I lost my job when I was younger for giving away free pizza <laughs> to my mates. And, um, but if I didn't lose that job, I'd probably still be there now, earning minimum wage, and you know what I mean. Like I had to; it forced me to to move on and learn new things and do more new things and and all that sort of stuff. When I so, think of like things I've really regret, it's been like incredibly stupid decisions in the moment where yes. you have that immediate visceral reaction yeah. where you're like, "Oh my god, I should not have done that." Like the moment where you almost like decompensate and want to like crawl into the fetal position. Those are moments I regret, but those are very acute moments. They're not like larger decisions. Right. Because usually, well, unless you make your larger decisions by flipping a coin, uh, (laughs) it's a little inside (laughs) joke for, for people who listen to the garage Avengers podcast. But uh, if you, if you're actually, making large decisions by concentrating on what's good and bad about them and then making a decision, then you're probably not going to feel regretful, right? You usually feel regret when you didn't take the opportunity to think through a decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I had to turn down a a job recently because I honestly just don't have time and I regret it so much. I mean, I regret it because it's something I would have loved to have done and like, like want the money and stuff. But then on the other hand, I have to think about, well, I don't have the time for it and I would have to rush it and do a bad job. Right. So I regret accepting jobs all the time. <laughs> Almost every, I do that every, every commission I get, yeah. I go, I really wish that I had found a way of saying I can't do this right now. But the real, in reality, yeah. I waste so much time to hearken back to what we talked about earlier. I waste so much time that if I didn't waste that time, I'd be able to do these projects that are, I actually might enjoy, but I don't get to enjoy them because I've, I waste so much time and then I feel regretful that I've committed to doing something. And then that takes away from doing the things I want to do around the house or building toys for my son or, or whatever, uh, or projects my wife has asked me to do, you know, four years ago, and I still haven't completed yet. Uh, you know, like, but I keep taking on these other odd jobs that, yeah, sure, they bring in a little extra cash, but I'm not hurting for money. So I don't like, I enjoy the extra cash. It definitely built, buys new tools, but if I didn't get it, I'd use my old tools. Like, I don't, it's not like, like one of those things that I need the money to keep paying the bills. So I, I guess I don't feel the motivation to do these things. Like, I guess I don't have that drive that a lot of people talk about. Um, this like business. Drive. I think I feel more, I think I feel more regret in not getting involved with things like, um, the fools with tools. Definitely. 
trade treasure trade and that like i didn't get involved with it and now i'm regretting it. yeah Reg- uh, if i think of like smaller yeah. regrets i've had because I, everyone has those i'm I, I was more talking earlier about larger life regrets mm-hmm. those things are always when i didn't participate in something um yeah like i think back to this fishing trip i went on with my dad and my brother and um a, a few people went off to hike to a lake to go fishing so you could choose to either go on that hike or stay at the river and i for whatever reason i was just like oh it's nice here i'm just gonna stay here and then they had an awesome time on this little side trip yeah and i was like <laughs> that's good fomo yeah it's so real yeah. and um like yeah. i know like there's a lot of uh, perspectives and opinions on FOMO and how like you should try to minimize it. But I also think it's worth it to participate in things like challenges and stuff. Like it's so much fun when you have those shared experiences with people and like you can develop so much by just like taking those experiences. Um, Fools with tools, treasure trade, the because we make challenges like last year I wanted to go to the uh, Jimmy dresses maker camp but there, like the amount of information that was available on the internet about it, I just could, I was like afraid that it wasn't going to be good, hmm. and I shouldn't have been afraid. I should have known it was going to be awesome, and everyone like it's Jimmy Duresta. He's going to put on a good show, right? But I just like I convinced myself to to listen to my fears about whether or not it was going to be a great thing, and didn't go. And then I was then this year I was like I'm gonna go, but then of course it got canceled. But that was like one of the my biggest regret of of that year was the fact that I didn't go down to this maker camp, and it wasn't like the money, it wasn't the like that kind of thing. I just kind of went, I'm afraid this isn't gonna be as good as it sounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then yeah, I regretted I mean- it later. Well, the other thing about experiences like that is that probably a lot of the value in it would not be from the things that were advertised on the event page. It, totally. It's the, the hanging out, the little connections you make, the people you meet, the things that you can't right. put into an itinerary and post on the website. Right. Like I could have met with like people like Christy, who yeah. now is like a really like, you know, good friend on the on the Discord and we not chat to all rub the time. it in or anything. <laughs> No, but like I could have met her and Dave Bauer and there's a whole bunch of other people. I could have hung out with Pat Lapp, who I'd actually already, you know, I'd met before, but, uh, you know, I could have hung out with him more and and Jackman and there were a bunch of people there that I was like, if I could have been there, it would have been nice to have have, uh, hung out with all these people. And I, when I hear the stories about what happened while they were there, I just go, that would have been something I was interested in. And I don't know what I was worried about. It's also so crazy um, during like COVID to look at like events that were happening. Like they have so much more value now. Like I would kill to go to like a small party. (laughs) Not literally because if I did, I might actually, you know, get killed. (laughs) But like those are so valuable now looking back to the times we could do that. Yeah. And that just amplifies my regret for not going. So thanks, Morley. I'm sorry. I'm uh, just <laughs> no, it's all good. It's definitely when we can go back, like Workbench Con. I thought about going to, and yeah. like I think like I I wasn't as much as I was like building a little community. I I didn't know enough people to figure out whether or not that would be something I would get any benefit out of. Because it costs money. Like, you have to get some benefit out of it. 
Um, even if it's just like a little vacation, it's still, you know, you got to get something out of it. And I didn't know enough people. And now that I know enough people, like I heard Ethan talk about Workbench Con, con a couple times and like Zach Builds did a video on it. Um, that was like right at the start of COVID, was it not? Anyways, doesn't really matter. Uh, it would have been awesome to go there. It totally would have been worth it. The connections you would have made and like friendships you would have made would have made it worth it. Yeah. But It'll I, happen again though. And yeah. you know, like it's so difficult to have perfect timing. And I like whenever I learn a new skill or improve in some way, I always have an initial reaction of, oh, I wish I knew this sooner. Which, yeah, like it, it would have been nice to know that and apply it earlier. But like, it's, it's very rare that you learn something or make the right decision at exactly the right time. Sometimes you have to miss an event one year to realize that the next year you should go to it. And the next time you go, it'll be great. And you'll get to go then. And one day COVID will be over and we'll be able to go to events like that again. Yeah. So good, I think that's, good, a, that's a good that's advice. A kind of, yeah. It's just, it's another kind of like dovetails into something about guilt and that you can't beat yourself up too much about um, not having like perfect, foresight hmm. that's one good thing about events though is that you know they will come back another year mm-hmm. so you you know and you'll know next year all right well i don't want to miss jimmy's thing because i regretted it last year yeah it's true guilt is a good like you like morley was saying earlier morley you're just like wise beyond your years but like you were saying earlier is that guilt is a good motivator sometimes and in those times, it is because my regret or my guilt about not going is going to make it so that I go the next time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wise Morley. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> I would say wise Grant because I was going to mention this earlier. And um, I, you said a while ago about like you were talking about maybe, maybe it was in the last episode about like you feel like if you have like a spare moment you want to like take out your phone and open Instagram. It's like the thing that instinctually happens. And like, since you said that I was thinking about it a lot and realizing that, like, I'm sure as we all do, like I do the same thing. If I have a quiet moment, uh, the longer I've had a smartphone, like the more often I take it out to fill the time. And this past week I've tried to like not do that as much. Um, and it's been really great. Like it's so nice to kind of like take those quiet moments, um, for what they are. And, not feel guilty about wasting time as much or or leaving or not leaving the space open for inspiration and uh, like non-structured thinking yeah so that was something that like really stuck with me that we were talking about i have a problem with that when i'm walking like if i'm walking somewhere i just have to get my phone out for some stupid reason that's not good. You should not be looking at your phone and walking. Have you not seen the YouTube videos? I think what it is, yeah, but I think what it is is that like I'm trying to use every spare opportunity I can to like distract myself from stuff or to actually do stuff or look at stuff. Or, I don't know. Right. I get you because when I go to walk my dog, I'm like, well, now that I don't get a commute, I need to have my podcast on. Yeah. Because this is the only yeah. time I get it. And the only time I get to listen to podcasts mm-hmm on a general basis is when I walk my dog now. So I need to get my headphones in and I need to be listening to my podcast. And every once in a while, then you have like, Oh, I forgot to charge my headphones. They're dead. Oh no. 
So it's, I think that's a very common feeling. I feel the same thing. I try to fill all my spare moments with productive things. But one way I try to not feel as guilty about not being productive every moment I can is thinking that for hundreds of years, people worked in a much slower way than we did now. And they still created awesome things. And I think it's, it's important to remember that like, you don't make great stuff by staying busy a hundred percent of the time. Like you do need to step away and rest and leave empty spaces. Um, because that's how it's been done. And that's not a, that's not a good reason <laughs> because that's, that's what it takes. Um, and the evidence, that's how, that's how it's been done. <laughs> and you should know that you should not do things just because that's how it's been done. No, but because like it's part of the process. Um, and the evidence is in all the people it's worked for. And I think it was, it was very poignant. Um, Dave Swiduck was talking about that on the most recent episode of because we make him realizing that he stopped all his social media pro, uh, promotion for his podcast for like a month or two and had had zero effect on its performance. Hmm. And I think things like that are sometimes important to remember. And the fact that like sometimes work is just spinning your wheels and, I so to add on to that, I haven't made a post on Instagram in a mo- I don't know almost a month. Yeah, and I have gained more followers in that month <laughs> than I did the previous three or four months. Like it's insane. I don't know where they're coming from. I know around Christmas everything kind of like pops up because like old YouTube videos surface and stuff, and old posts, people finding inspiration, whatever. But it's totally like before. I was really concerned if I didn't put out a post at least every week. Yeah. And now I'm like, I, I get it. Like it's that, that you're what you put in doesn't always equal what you put out. So don't feel guilty if you're not putting it in. Mm, yeah. I think sure. that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Quality, not quantity, baby. And I was going to say that too, with like, um, with like taking on projects. I know, I know we want to move on in a sec, but I just wanted to fit this in the fact that like you like grant, I think what you were saying with like, not, you don't, you feel like taking on commissions is almost never worth it for you. And I think that makes a lot of sense because like, like you were saying, like you don't necessarily need that money to survive or it's not going to be like a massive level up to make like 50, a hundred bucks for a small project. So I think a, a good lesson from that is like more bigger, cooler projects where you're going to learn something less smaller projects where like, there's not really a, a tangible benefit. And I agree. And if I could, the the thing why I take on these smaller commissions is because I go at least I'm making something, and it right. gives that pressure yeah, that's, on that's me. That's true. Yeah. Right. So like, there's that. It's like an excuse to make content. Right. Even if it's not content, it's an excuse to make. Like getting out into the yeah. shop and cutting some wood up or doing whatever gets a good feeling in me. And sometimes that's the juice you need to come up with something creative. For sure. Okay, take it all back. I feel like commissions. <laughs> I feel like commissions do um, do really help with the whole guilt thing too. Like, if you have a commission that you need to build, like you have to get it done. You have to be out there. You have to. You have to do it. You're not just doing it for yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> all Our right. segues uh, are on, on point. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, this is what happens when I'm post. <laughs> Anyway, 
All right, let's move on to our recommendation. Small. All right, I'll first. kick it off. Um, this week I watched a video by Adam Patterson, who runs the channel Hey, I'm a Maker, um, and he makes awesome stuff. I have mm-hmm. never seen his work or his videos before. He's a fellow really? Canadian. No, wow. this is the first I'd heard of him. Um, beautiful relaxing vibe to his videos really great work i watched this video of him making a um like a walnut cutting board out of some scrap wood it was incredibly relaxing it was um yeah really great b-roll of his dog um yeah he is like definitely go check him out he needs more subscribers um seems like a great guy he is he's a really cool guy and he only made that clipboard because of my video of making a clipboard oh wow (laughs) yeah and that's how he he watched. I think that was the first video he saw of mine. But uh, we've connected. Uh, I think he's in Alberta, um, if I don't if I recall correctly. But uh, yeah, he and he had like an idea for a clipboard for a long time and didn't know where to get the uh, clipboard clips. And then he saw my video and he said, "Where did you get those?" And I said, "Here's the link for Amazon." And he said, "I'm in Canada." And I said, "So am I." And that's the <laughs> Canadian link, and it worked. And then he, I think he—I don't even know—I don't even know if he went with those clipboard clips, but I think that got him on the path to the ones that he used. Um, anyways, very interesting yeah. that he then somehow popped up in your feed. So that's yeah. really cool that he's—he's going to be jazzed. I know he's a listener. Sweet. So that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. At least he's he has oh, listened wow. in the past. We'll find out if he is a listener. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's um he's in another Discord that Gret and I are in. Well, Gret, I, I I I'm part of it, but I don't ever go on it. Um. Anyway, I'm going to apologize in advance because I did pick another big name for my record for my claim nation, but John Malecki. So. The day that we're recording, he put out a video, or he might have put it out yesterday. I saw it today, um, of building a table that he cut half a circle out of a live edge, burnt it, and then covered, um, made the entire thing into like a round table with epoxy. Mm. And I just, yeah, it turned out really cool. But he paid $4,000 for this slab and then burnt it. Mm. Yeah. And I don't know why. Because he's got I don't a lot know of why money. He burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it just it looked really cool. cool, and I liked it. So, yeah. What about you, Grant? Well, I'm going to give a shout out to to someone who deserves uh, a shout out for sure, Ethan Carter from Ethan Carter Designs. Uh, he made a leather laptop stand, and why I give this one my shout out is because if anyone has seen my laptop stand. And I know a bunch of people have because they they sent me comments about how poorly it was. I put it up in my uh, comments <laughs> once and it's just a bunch of uh, hardcover books. So if anyone's ever seen my laptop stand, it's something on my list of things to do. And uh, now that I'm also a leather worker certified mm-hmm. by Morley, uh, maybe I'll make one of these leather laptop stands. Nice. Yeah, it was a sweet video. Yeah, what I, I really like. Is that the one he took um, inspiration from? Chris Salamone's yeah. yes yes yeah what, what I liked about it is he thought about laptops when making it and said they need airflow and didn't just make like yeah. a lot of people just make a piece of wood that it sits on and then it has zero airflow and then they overheat and bad things happen don't you just love how a laptop needs 
somewhere underneath to escape when it's meant to be on a right. lap. On your lap. I don't know about your lap. My lap's smaller than yours, but uh, there is air between the, the legs of my lap. Well, depends how you <laughs> snuck in for the boys, though. <laughs> it's not good for the boys. All right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm done making kids, so I'm good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, thanking our Patreons. Uh, anyone who supports us on Patreon will get a key tag. We got a new Patreon Woo-hoo. today, actually, which is exciting. Uh, and access to our bonus content. Sometimes it's a post and sometimes a pre-show, but always an after show. Uh, where we just pretty much just talk about whatever. Yeah. We just keep talking for 15 minutes. Got another project to show you guys in the after show. Ooh, it's exciting. Um, so at top level supporter supporters, but we only have one is our F clamp supporters. Um, if, when you go onto the Patreon website, you'll see that um, each different level has a different clamp. So you can choose what clamp you want to be. F is the highest. <laughs> Uh, and that is <laughs> Leroy from Big Rock Timberworks. Um, yeah, so top level gets a shout out. And anyone who supports us gets the bonus content. And I'm a really good host. <laughs> anyway, so normally we would move on to uh, reviewing people that review our clamps, but we don't have any this oh. week. But if you want to leave a review... Morley will read it in your accent, or if you want, you can give us a uh, character, yeah. character that he can, uh, or an actor or someone that he can do it in. Uh, if you, is that it for that one? I think it's all, all the calling to action. Confused. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I feel like it's been so long since I've been host, and now I'm like really having a brain fart. Uh, also thank T- TF Turning for the theme music that you hear before and after every show and Morley singing it in the after show if you're a Patreon yeah cool alright any other business boys nothing from me nada cool alright well you can find me at Make Mackie everywhere you can find Grant at the Grant Alexander everywhere and Molly Kurt you can find at Molly Kurt everywhere yeah and you can find us collectively on Instagram and Twitter. At is Twitter just Clampcast? Yeah, it's something like that. Just search, search it. Yeah, yeah. Instagram's Clampcast, and we do have a Facebook, and we've had a couple of people join up. So <laughs> go find that and annoy Grant because he runs that. All right. Yes, please do right. that. I would like our Facebook group to have more members than we have on our actual show. So, because right now I don't think Morley and Adam are actually on no, the group. I'm in it. I'm in it. I get the notifications. I, I am. Oh, okay. I am in it. it. <laughs> Already. I, th- I think we have. I think we have two people on there. Yeah, it's both. It's both. It's demo twice. Uh, it no, it is. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye. I asked you like three uh-huh. times and you're talking about the 40 year old version and not one of you answered. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>